that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course our sponsors, Fansbet, all the way through the National Hunt season 2021-2022. I'm delighted to say Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino, how are you? Now, I said the here with a bit of uh, inclination there because Classical Dream's running right now at Gorham Park <laughs> and uh, there is absolutely no doubt Dermot Nolan has that on in the background pretending to pay attention uh, to this podcast. So I'll leave you alone for a second, Dermo. Uh, Fryboy is back. Simon, how are you? Hi, Dean. Very well, thank you. Good to have you with us again. Uh, an excellent debut uh, before and now uh, back on the podcast again. So we're delighted for that. Paddy Aspel is also back. Paddy, how are you? Afternoon, lads. How are we doing? Very well indeed. Good to have you with us. Now, this week's podcast will concentrate on a couple of Cheltenham contests. Uh, we obviously have to do the Shishkin versus Energimine uh, thriller that took place in the past weekend and discuss the champion chase. So we'll be looking at that and we'll also cover, although it's the wrong time of year to do it, Dermot Nolan, who put this in the running order, but the Triumph Hurdle. Normally, we haven't even seen the first three in the Triumph Hurdle at this stage. And I think that possibly isn't the case this year there's plenty to dig through we will do that that's the triumph hurdle after the break in this week's podcast we'll cover cheltenham and doncaster coming up this weekend anything else and of course the naps don't forget a little bit of housekeeping for you uh, fans bet the exclusive offer bet 10 get 30 is available to you on bookmakers.co.uk and they will have their tipping game again for uk customers uh, with where you need to pick the winner of three races the cotswold chase the cleave hurdle and the sky bet chase £250 will be won. So we look forward to that. And of course, Dermot Nolan will run the race out on Sunday on Twitter and there'll be free bets and giveaways to get involved with there. Right, let's get down to uh, action. Before we um, before we get anywhere near the champion chase, we've got to talk about the Supreme Novices Hurdle winner 2022. And I may have jumped the gun, but uh, I'm going to throw John Bon to the crowd. I was mightily impressed, although if you only read Twitter, he's no chance in the Supreme so why don't we go first to uh, Dem? I'm going to ruin the end of that race for you and uh, and throw John Bond to you. <laughs> yeah, Dean. Uh, look, as I've said on numerous occasions, he, he's not my uh, supreme horse, and this didn't change my opinion in a massive way on it. But saying that, Dean, he still impressed me. We, we found out that he can win ugly, and I think the um, the main negativity from from Twitter was just people that are probably anti post on on the other two because they were saying that he's he's too buzzy. And yet they didn't have much of a problem with the fact that Dysart Dino was very buzzy. And then they kind of went on about needing more experience. People did as well. And sure, Constitution Hill, he needs a lot more experience. So, like, I just thought he won ugly. He did that well. I thought that he, he was going so well tree out, Dean, that he, he jumped up the arse of the uh, Minty mm. Alexander horse. And he was intelligent enough to get himself out of the way of that horse. Um, that was Donny Boy, obviously. And then he kind of came true. And whilst, yeah, he, he needed to be told once or twice... As Nicky Henderson said, he had to quicken twice to win that race, and he did it. I thought he showed a nice attitude late on. Um, I like him. I think he's very good going forward. I'm happy to take him on. I just thought that he, he got himself too. He was too sweaty beforehand, and I think he'll have done maybe too much by the time that the Supreme Novices hurdle kicks off. I'm happy to take on the front tree with Mighty Potter, um, but he's still an excellent horse. What he did there impressed me. We've learned a lot more about him, and crucially, he will have learned more during that race than he will have done 
in the two previous. So if you're on him, I definitely wouldn't be turning anybody off him. I think the reaction was way over the top on Twitter, as it always is with the racing masses there. I don't know what to expect sometimes, but he won easy. He was eased down in the end. And Dean, the crucial fact is, before I pass over to my other my other co-host here, is that he was giving weight away to Mai Tai and those other horses around him. Um, whilst Constitution Hill, when he faced those horses, he got weight off those horses. So what he actually did on the day deserves to be marked up. Uh, Haydock is a horrible track as well. So there's an awful lot of positives there. He's not my supreme horse. I'm going to be taking him on, but I think that the uh, the negativity on social media was far over the top, Dean. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, I'm going to come to Simon next. And, uh, you know, you're the form guru, Simon. Uh, where is this performance stacking up with what we've seen against the others? And uh, is John Bond the one you like most for the Supreme? Uh, to be fair, Dermo's put, he's, he's, it's like he's read my notes. Um, I couldn't put it better than what Dermo's already done. I, I'm not, wasn't his biggest fan necessarily. I'm still not necessarily his biggest fan. I think it's going to be a fantastic watch. I don't think there's any angle, certainly with the front three in the market. Um, what impressed me is the fact he did do exactly what Dermo said. He won ugly. And when you've got a horse like Constitution Hill, who's done everything on the bridle, you always wonder what they're going to find off it. Yep. Strictly on the weights, he obviously carried more weight than Mai Tai. Mai Tai was, was the opposite when he, ra- he faced Constitution Hill. He was giving that horse weight. I think John Bond basically is 11 pound um, different at the weights for a beating of nine lengths from Constitution Hill, if you just use my eye as an example. Straight lines. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you'd, you'd expect if, if £11 for the nine lengths, you'd expect John Bond to come out on top. I, I take all the points that Constitution Hill won well at Sandown, and he's, he'd probably better that again. It's just when you get to a race like Supreme, it's nice to have a horse that's maybe more battle-hardened, that can you know, face um, maybe adversity with hurdles coming back and, and being put under pressure. And certainly from the, yeah. for the English point of view, I certainly wouldn't put anybody off back in John Bond. And I, I really like the way Henderson's given him more experience. So, you know, there's always that chance that he may go over the top. So I would expect him to have possibly a break now, but you'd, you'd hope the experience will hold him in good stead. Absolutely. Um, and I agree with all of that. Okay, Paddy, let's talk about the the... The, the front three in that market and what John Bond did at the weekend. Uh, all right, he's a little bit fuzzy. The others are entitled to be that too. Um, Simon mentioned the experience angle, so did Dermot. Um, were you impressed with John Bond visually, what you saw at the weekend? Well, I suppose we have mentioned, lads, haven't we? There's always going to be risks attached with John Bond. And I think a significant thing, it might be a small part in some people's eyes, but it's the opening race of the day. Um mm-hmm. You know, I think Cheltenham will be an absolute, you know, it's going to be crazy. And that mentally is going to be his biggest test so far today because he's quirky. He's a bit odd. We've seen him again the other day. He's just got that streak in him. He he was better at Ascot, but I thought the other day he was a little bit more on edge. But he's still winning. He's still winning. The one thing I do think he's got in it majorly in his favour is once the tapes drop, he's fantastic because... Mm. He's pretty uncomplicated. Forget about the sweating. His technique is fabulous and has been for day one for a horse from the pointing field. And yeah, for a stride or two, they maybe looked like they had him in top stride. But once he got up through his gears the other day, the way he hit the line was good. I mean, look, the second has got had plenty to do with the weight. So you'd question maybe how close he got to John Bond the other day. But 
you know, he has got that question to answer as regards if he can handle and get to the start. And visually, if I was happy with him down at the start, I'd be happy to take him because I just think the raw ability that's there is just unquestionable. Yep, yep. Johnny Duvan, as I call him, and as he's been coined on this pod, he's a short but cool. Um, Constitution Hill is the 2-1 to favourite with fans bet for the Supreme at the moment. John Bond and Dysart Dynamo sit there 3-1. to one. And of course, you do have the nipping uh, at the back of Sir Gerhard and others. Mighty Potter, if you want to read why Demo went insane, check out bookmakers.co.uk and, uh, and see what you <laughs> thought about that. Um, okay, um, we're going to talk about three other horses on here. Jerry Colombo, Pagai and Alaho. But before we do, uh, Classical Dream was beaten at Gorham Park. So the stairs hurdle's just been shot to bits. Han Champ. Um, so exactly not that one. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we all know that Time Hill is a, is a good thing and um, that's where you need to be looking. But unfortunately, I'd imagine the prize is going to collapse right now. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on. Demo, got to come to you. Jerry Colomb, you put him up on your fans bet. Um, two minute tips this um, just this week just gone by and there'll be another video on that later on today. Um, Jerry Colomb got the job done. He wasn't spectacular, but I think everything is in is in process. So that's what you want to see. Yeah, Dean. Look, the uh, the race course definitely didn't suit him. Turles, Turles can turn into a speed track when it's like that. Um, that just didn't suit. He's being roasted along at different points. Uh, I like the fact, Dean, that he would have been easily forgiven now for 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 throwing in the towel. Um, the different points of the race, and he never did. He came through to beat Ida's boy and Churchstone Warrior. And Churchstone Warrior, he's only eight and a half lengths down on uh, on Jinto and them in that two and a half mile race. So the form isn't that bad at all. That, that That's his second run over hurdles ever. Um, and Dean, the big new course at Cheltenham, that's going to suit him. You know, if you watch this run back, the way that he he just, he, he needs every yard of it to, to win the race. And he does it with them with a bit of ease in the end, about one length, but... Um, a big lazy sort like him that can be roasted along and answers every question he's asked. God, that new course at Cheltenham is built for him. And uh, it seems almost kind of, it's a very tough track at times to put novices on. I always thought that would it, they'd be better off on the other course, but this course is definitely going to suit him, Dean. And whilst uh, the beforehand, we always used to say that, you know, you need to have loads of experience to win this race. The last few years have shown just the best horse wins it. And I think, uh, I think Jerry Colomb is very, very good. And, uh, I love what he did on Sunday and the new course, as I've said a few times now, will will really suit him. Yep, yep. I know you're a big fan and uh, well, like I say, all things are in motion. It's going well for you. Unfortunately, when we put that video out, we'd lost the uh, the favourite Blazing Cow, Blazing Cow for um, for the race. So the price was uh, contracting. But geez, you're on, you're on a good one already. Fair play to you. Um, let's move on. Uh, Freiburg, Simon, uh, whatever we want to call you, the form guru here, loves Royal Pagai. And we talked about this plenty uh, last year ahead of a Gold Cup. Um, the wheels are back in motion again. Obviously, he got one done at his favourite uh, track, you could argue, and perhaps Cheltenham isn't the place. But they've got to go Gold Cup again now, haven't they? 100%. If the, if the ground's got any, any soft in it whatsoever, and you, you would imagine it's not going to be riding too quick. They never let it ride too quick. If His chance is going to depend on the ground. Purely, I think, more than anything else, I think he handles good to soft, absolutely no problem. I think Dermo and a few of the guys certainly mentioned last year that the problem that he faced in the in the Gold Cup is the speed they go. Um, yeah. And on good to soft ground, they probably take him out of his comfort zone on softer ground. Or if, if for some reason, heaven's opened and it ended up heavy, it'd just be able to lay up um, that bit smoother. I don't think you can underestimate the fact that he's he's won the Peter Marsh again. So few horses have done it. And I think it was the, the first horse in 20 years to have won consecutive Peter Marshes. 
He's now mm. been raised, I think, three pounds one hundred and sixty-six, which puts him in the majority of the last sort of six or seven Gold Cup winners. Smack bang, the place you want to be. I think Indo was one six four. Album photo when he won his first was one six four. Native River was one six six. It's all that area. Um, I, I was on him as you were last year in the Gold Cup, and um, apparently he tore off. I'm not a vet, and I've got no veteran knowledge, but he tore off the apparently Cornet band. So Paddy will probably be able to explain more, possibly. But it sounds horrific, and to finish as close as he did being as bad as he was and obviously with a layoff after that, I think was admirable performance. I know a Plutard beat him easily first time out this season, but again, he's going to come on for that run and he would have certainly needed it. Um, I just like him. I think as, as a horse and as a, a, you know, I just think he's, he's a real honest galloping stayer, which will sometimes come to the fore in the gold cup. If the going gets tough, like a native river, um, it's just going to depend on the ground. Yeah, bit of a weather watch. Let's ask um, Paddy exactly what that does mean, Paddy. Yeah, well, it's it's more of a foot injury, isn't it, coronet band? Okay. Um, but there's no doubt, you know, it, it, it certainly would affect a horse in a race for sure. And, you know, if they said it was quite a significant knock on his coronet band, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite serious. And I just thought on the Look on Sunday show, they had Charlie Deutsch on and, if you listen to his yeah. interview, he, he kept mentioning about the horse's confidence, jumping-wise, which was something I hadn't really taken into account. He just said that this horse, is, it's taken a while for him to get as good and confident as he was the other day in amongst horses and just carrying him down to obstacles. And I, I maybe did get the impression, though, that it's got to be very, very unseasonal soft ground for him to be confident of a good Cheltenham run. I just think maybe if we had some pretty dry or lively conditions, maybe I got the impression from, from Charlie Deutsch's body language that he, he thought maybe it could bring about the old jumping fatalities again if mm. conditions were on the lively side. But if it did come up testing, he would definitely, definitely have a much more solid chance and deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Be on my list with any kind of juice in the ground at Cheltenham for sure. That's Royal Pagai. Paddy, I was going to ask you about Alaho. Um, they're taking um, a similar enough path, aren't they, to Ryanair? The, the argument for me is, does Willie Mullins at some point realise this is his best chance in the Gold Cup? Dermot, I'm going to let you come in on this because we've been bantering about this all week um, regardless. But Paddy, what did you make of Alaho? And um, you know, all systems go Ryanair, it would, it would appear. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, was a repeat win in this race. Jumping was okay. There's no doubt isn't always for perfect Alaho. Um, but obviously that win at the festival last time was without a doubt, even fencing-wise, a career best. For me, though, you know, I think if you look down through Alaho's form, I think at the top end, I think three mile just about pinches him. And okay. he doesn't see it out. I think he's a real strong out-and-out sol solid stare at two and a half, I think at the top level, in at the real deep end, I think he comes up a little bit short for me over three mile Alaho. But I think just without a doubt, far better left handed is the way for him. He has jumped some solid track. It's interesting, and I was surprised to hear it. Ruby Walsh came out with a quote recently saying about the track at Turles that he rated it as one of the biggest jumping tests in Ireland, which. 
I've I've been to Turles, but I've not like been up close to the fences. But I was so surprised because you just think it's you know a sort of a relatively smallish fence-wise track. But no, Ruby said it's a real test of a horse. Um, and if you've got a novice that'll go around there the early days, obviously Alaho is not a novice. He's got plenty of experience now, and he's five and ten over fences, and you know he's making that that chase record look even better. But I think as far as goals, gold cups go. I'd probably leave him where he is for the minute, and I think he's going to boss this division at two and a half for now. Yep, yep, that's fair, and uh, it does seem likely that's what they're going to do. Dermot, I must ask you, I did pose the question to you during the week that um, Alaho, a little bit older now, and uh, he's obviously good enough to win uh, another Ryanair based on what we saw at the last Cheltenham Festival. He'll, he will hack up in a Ryanair. Not money will, uh, will be too keen to take him on, but the Gold Cup... It, you know, the, the owners, it's more prestigious. I know they have the favourite. Um, you're going to tell me I'm mad and agree with uh, with what Paddy said that at three mile, he just isn't going to get home. Yeah, look, I can't stand the Ryanair. I'd much prefer if he did run in the Gold Cup. Um, like, mm. I just think that we're not going to find out the answer to that again. But I just think Willie's given him plenty of goals. He, he was fourth in the in the Lexus chase at Christmas, or the old Lexus chase, as it once was called. And he just has consistently just not got home at the top level. That might change with age. Uh, it'd be great to find out, but with the race there, they're, 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 they are just going to take that that target, aren't they? Running the race, you can win. This always seems to be the line that comes out of that camp, and you can completely <laughs> understand. You completely understand. Uh, stuff the fans. Let's just go and do what we need to do. There's always a little bit of late switcheroo bingo and stuff, though, so you never know. They've got previous um, in the yard. Um, I'd love to see Alaho in the Gold Cup. But the Gold Cup is good as it is, and he can go and win Ryanair's if that's what they want to do. Anyway, all systems go for them. Okay, we are going to move on and get stuck into um, the Shishkin and Energimine uh, thriller that we saw at the weekend. Firstly, great for racing that they met this early in the season, and hats off uh, to everyone involved. There was going to be a loser come out of it, and I swear, most of the way round, uh, I thought that loser would be Shishkin. But, uh, Simon, I'll come to you. Um, you pulled out the fire. Um, remnants of... Uh, of the previous ones that came before him from that camp in uh, in Sprinter and Altior, um, Shishkin, uh, he's extraterrestrial. It is absolutely like Altior. It, it seems to hit a flat spot and then find for pressure. I, I didn't have a bet in the race. Like most people, I sat and watched it and enjoyed it. And all I wanted before the race was to be fairly close finish because it, all yeah. it does is whet the appetite then for Cheltenham. Um, it was almost a perfect result. For, for racing because you're just going to get the constant build up now all the way through to the champion chase of whether Energamine is going to get the better of him. I was really impressed with both horses. Um, you can't fail to love Shiskin and, and the way he comes off the bridle and then keeps galloping and galloping. He definitely was cooked, uh, undercooked, sorry, first time out. Uh, I think Nicky Henderson said he, he'd left a, a bit of work on him. You could tell that because this was a, a big improvement from the previous run and hopefully it'll be it'll be between the two of them again come March yeah and it, and it should be and that's what we want and racing has a big opportunity here to start billing this clash albeit injury can always curtail those great marketing ideas but they have an opportunity here to throw one against the other and and make it about them I mean we will talk about whether there's any outsiders and things like that to, to come in the champion chase but um, Paddy I'll come to you um, it was a great day for racing to see two big superstars Ireland versus England go at each other and uh, we did get what Simon alluded to which was a close finish so you can't argue that one didn't run its race I think they've both run um, possibly the best races of their life so far yeah it was you know it was great to see a race 
with so much hype around it. Um, you know, it lived up to it. It was fantastic, without a doubt. I thought Paul Townend was fantastic. It, it was a fantastic losing ride. Um, you mm. know, we we probably riders don't get the credit for for horses that they finished for rides on horses that they finished second on. And I think his body language, when you just watch him as they cross the cross the line, he knew he'd given his best. He tried everything he could. And you, you could tell looking at his body language, he was thinking, How have I not beaten that horse? Or how has he got back up in the line and caught yeah. me? And the amount of times I've watched the race, like an ergamine in in general, his jumping was fantastic. And, I mean, you stop the, the race, even at the back of the second last, Shishkin, he doesn't win, does he? You know, there's no. there's just no way. And I've watched it, I think, about six times from the back of the last to see if Energamine, if his stride does shorten up the running. And it doesn't seem to shorten that much. Mm. You know, you can drastically, a horse will switch his lead. That's when you know the petrol gauge is running down but he didn't you know and he didn't really look like his gait has altered much at all so shishkin has actually jumped the last now if the two horses had have had have challenged closer together would paul's horse have found that little bit more or had just a bit more chance to re-rally going to the line it's questionable you don't know you're, you're maybe only guessing but the way paul's horses hit the line it just tells you that shishkin was actually just finding that bit of turbo from the back of the last. And he was never going to win anywhere, only the last 150 yards, you would say. Fantastic race. Would Willie's horse get the better of him again? Who knows? Because I think he was tested. Shishkin was tested in every way, pace-wise. Jumping-wise, he was tested. And he wasn't full perfect, and he was found out. But he came through it. And Ascot's mm. a big test. It was a cracker. Um, can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, me too. Absolutely right. And, um, you know, Energamine was left with, in the camp and connections were left with enough to think they'd love another go. And that's what you want to see because if it was any kind of other result, uh, we wouldn't be able to look forward to what we're going to get to, uh, fingers crossed, in March. Dermot, I'll come to you. Um, I'd argue that Energamine got the perfect ride, like Paddy said, and just wasn't able to repel the power of Shishkin. Now, it doesn't mean Energamine isn't an absolute superstar. There are two of them. Yeah, two absolute superstars. And look, when you have a very good horse, you, you want another one to come along as well and properly test them. You know, all the all the best horses in history have had horses that kind of pushed them the, 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 full, the full distance of it. And Altior maybe, I, I know Min was very, very good, but Altior maybe never had that. But well, Shishkin now definitely does. You know, Energamine has has come through every test he had before this with relative ease and the way he jumped, the way he traveled, the way he got away from every fence. He just had Shishkin in trouble all the way around. But Cheltenham, for me, I, I just see Shishkin winning by a little bit further. Um, I think the way Shishkin jumped left and I think this was the day where everything went right for Energamine. And um, he, it's kind of like uh, Rocky uh, making the... The Russian boxer bleed and make him think about things. That was that was the that was the way with Shishkin. <laughs> you know, Shishkin. This this was the first time we saw Shishkin a little bit human, um, yeah. and he looked in trouble. Now, obviously, the Supreme he looked in trouble, but that wasn't of his own making. He was, you know, he was caught up in that trouble behind. Uh, was yeah. this was the first time that he his jumping was a bit off and everything else, and he was still able to fight through. Cheltenham with the hill, I just think will suit him more. Um, and was was Ascot is a harder test 
it's a more testing track uh, just just going left-handed will maybe take a tiny percentage away from inertiamine and add that onto shishkin and that's all it needs but it's just amazing because all it takes now is shishkin to be two three percent off his game and he can find himself beaten and that's uh yeah that's a great thing for two mile chases because for so long dean we'd we had one horse in this division and that was it year on year we'd we, we'd no real real kind of proper division was what we do now i understand completely people come into to the champion chase now saying saying that they still fancy nerves i mean i don't see it but i can see how you could make yourself uh, believe that he could he could turn that around so it's just amazing it's just brilliant and it's exactly what racing needed to do yeah, the battle is still on. And like you mentioned um, there, you know, when we had one horse kind of dominating a division, it did send other ones elsewhere. And I think it might do that to the field for this year's champion chase. Uh, Simon, I'll ask you, I mean, the likes of Shaka and Poursois now might need to consider a Ryanair if you think one of the other two is going to run up to form. Uh, Shaka could be better suited elsewhere. Um, I'm guessing similar comments could apply to, you know, previous champions put the kettle on. Um, you imagine Alaho isn't going to go anywhere near this. Nuba Negra will probably be uh, considered for other things because they're, they're connections that like to find something they can go for. Um, I'd imagine this race could be quite a small field on the day. Possibly. I've, I've, got, I've got a slight quandary, and I hope it's not true. It, it was such a, a battle again, and it wasn't an easy race. And it's mm. just a slight, a very, very small question mark in my mind are we going to have another surname out here all over again yeah, are, are they help either horse absolutely yeah. and as crazy as it sounds and i'm not professing to go out and back him i wish nube negra didn't have his last run in the tingle creek because he's a horse that consistently needs to be extremely fresh he's always put up his best performances fresh he's got previous Cheltenham Festival um, form. It should definitely have beaten, put the kettle on last year in the Queen Mother. Um, mm. I, I just, I think he's still only eight. Whilst it, I hope it's between Shiskin and Nergamine and they go up the hill together and it's a, a, a humdinger. From a purely punting point of view, I still think there's potential in Nube Negra. I think he's by far the best horse, the third best horse in the race. I think the only other one that you could consider would be put the kettle on, which would be a concern to me that um, Henry de Bromhead saw her over further and, and tried her mm. over a lot further on New Year's Day. The Skelton team have con- consistently said Nube Negra is top class. And I just can't get that when he beat Altior so convincingly, because it was a big price, we all sort of disregarded it and said Altior must have been b- below par. He did again, first time out this year, he, he won really convincingly. It's just the fact he then ran a month later in the Tingle Creek, which has never been his bag. He wants to be fresh. At this moment in time, if you were purely punted, I hope it's between the two. If I was to have to have a bet, I'd bet Nuben Egger each way. Okay. Okay. Well, he'll have 102 days break between the Tingle and uh, and the race itself come uh, the 16th of March. Will that be enough? You'd imagine ground won't be a concern. And it's nice to have a third uh, horse to throw into the picture. It is one that they'll probably, uh, well, they'll go for. He's, like you're saying. he's, he's, he really handles good ground extremely well. He seems to be touch wood, a really good jump, solid jumper. Uh, and he doesn't seem to lack for pace. I think he was, he was third in a, his first appearance at the Cheltenham Festival in, in a decent hurdle race. He obviously was second mm. in the Queen Mother last year. It's no back number. And we're all focused on these two horses. And like Paddy said, if one was to run, you know, three, four pounds below, 
there's a possibility that they could both run three, four pounds below. If that's the case, that would bring Nube Negra right into it. Yep, yep. Fair point, fair comments. Okay, Paddy, I'll come to you. Um, outside of the top two, and I think we're all agreed that it's going to be even harder for Energemin to topple Shiskin at the Cheltenham Festival. Not that it's impossible. Outside of that top two, is there something else in the mix? Hard to see. I mean, I did read some quotes the other day because obviously Shaq and Porsois completely bombed out, didn't he, at Sandown. Um, yeah. But obviously Patrick was on board and it was the quote coming from himself the other day. I mean, there was a bit of a burn up because himself and Nuber Negra dropped out of the back of the TV. So I think the fractions were pretty strong, over strong on the day because... I think when you look back on it, it was just too bad to be true. And, you know, whether Patrick was sort of feeling sorry, maybe for some opinions that were going about uh, about Shaq and Persois afterwards, whether he felt that maybe he, that he was taking some responsibility for the, the earlier fractions in the race, whether he was giving him a shout because of that or he truly, but I, I do like to listen to Patrick when he... he he, he makes these comments because obviously he's so hev- heavily involved in training these horses. He's not just riding them. He's got a big mm. shout in training. It was interesting that I thought he mentioned him and that w- we shouldn't forget him. And I mean, he's still there at round about 12, Jacques and Porsois. Um, so mm. I think if you take the Sandown run out, I mean, his form is very, very solid. Yep. Yep. You have to throw him into the mix if that's where they decide uh, to go and why not? Um, so that's Shakun Pusswa, Nubinegra, uh, Shishkin, and Energimin. Demo, are you going to throw anything else into the mix here? I mean, fans bet currently go 13 to 8 on Shishkin, 11 to 4 Energimin, and 9 to 1 bar. Yeah, look, there's there's kind of angles where you could probably go on the without market each way or whatever else, but I don't know. I, I like, look, if uh, if Potaketla runs again, I could see her just kind of getting away from the front two, them catching her, and then her potentially kind of staying on for third again. And like, I just think she still doesn't get the respect. Now, she's been brutal this season, but she doesn't get the respect for actually what she did last season. You know, they all came at her over the last, and she, she got away from them again. Um, So she'd be probably my idea of an each way bet. But the rest of them, the likes of Grenatine, Captain Guinness, all these horses, you know, Grenatine was five and a half lengths clear of Captain Guinness. And like, there's, there's as much as I've always liked, like the likes of Captain Guinness, it, etc i just don't think they're anywhere near to the front two i'd, I'd actually be the opposite to simon and that the the front two being as strong as they were the last thing I, I know they could drop a few pounds going into the champion chase but i still think they're they're well clear of everything else um yeah i, I like nube negra but I, I just don't don't think he's anywhere near them too um so like away from the top two no you know like i like my each way bets to have a chance of winning and i, I just don't sure. think i don't think anything else does no, that's fair. Do you know what? One of the most telling comments I thought after the race at the weekend was Kim Bailey saying that First Flow and uh, and David Barson had thought it'd run an even better race than it had done winning the race previously. I mean, that's that's what you need to know. These ones in the front are seriously, seriously good. Okay, the champion chase then discussed. Um, why don't we um, skip on? And I don't think we'll take too long on this because the, the JCB Triumph Hurdle, of course, at the Cheltenham Festival um, often takes a while to take shape. In fact, even only a couple of weeks before, um, you might actually find the winner of the race having its first outing, which happens. And that could happen this year. Simon, I'm coming to you first on the Triumph. Uh, we've seen some decent performances from the likes of Phil Dore, um, Isio. I thought Porticello was good in its grade one uh, win against Sensor Gallup's Chepstow. But uh, it's it's what's coming in behind. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's very much a divide at the minute. I, 
you only have to look at the comments that um, David Russell made about Fedor. And when he, when David Russell says he's mad about a horse, you, you sit up and take note, although there is no price, there's no value in the, in the current price, but if you sure. nailed your colors to the wall, I think he's the most likely winner. Um, I think, unfortunately for, for the UK so far, I was, as I said in the last podcast, I was a huge fan of In This World because everything that's come out of In This World's race at Warwick has won since. I think that's a, a real decent horse of, of um, Dan Skelton's, obviously, that's now out for the season. He actually beat Fieldor two and a half lengths in France. So he's got collateral form with Fieldor. So if you, if you thought that Fieldor's a two-shot, you know, In This World would have had to have been bang there. Taking the Warwick race, the horse in third that day, intern de Civilla, was another one I mentioned on the podcast when he won at Cheltenham. He beat York C five and a half lengths. He it dictated off a slow pace. It's questionable because it was such a slow pace, but he really pinged the hurdles. It jumped really well. York C's come out and won by 21 lengths. Again, all the collateral form through his, his races. Gala has come out and won. Um, he's got form interlinked with Greystone, who's, who's come out obviously today for Lucy Wadham and won. So if, It'd be very interesting to see how intern de Civilla runs on Saturday at Cheltenham as with regards us. The other thing to, sorry, us as in the UK. Um, mm. The other thing to bear in mind, and I thought was really interesting, Paul Nichols in the last few days has been interviewed with regards Issio, who's obviously really impressive when he won. And he was asked, is he the, is he the best juvenile hurdler you've got? And he said, of the ones that have run. <laughs> so, that's, what, that's where I'm going a, with this. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. And purely... I've known nothing about where he's heading. I don't know the well-being of the horse. I was really interested to see Pleasant Man in the Triumph Hurdle betting. It was a really decent horse on the level. Ran in the Chester Vars this year. I think was, oh sorry, last year was fifth behind um, the horse of Andrew Balding's Youth Spirit, which is top class form. This is a real serious horse on the flat that stays one mile four really well. Handles decent ground. He's gone to Paul Nichols, and he just. It wouldn't surprise me if he suddenly turns up in a in a little hurdle somewhere, wins by a long way, and that thirty three to one might disappear. So that's one I would nice. certainly keep an eye on. Yeah, okay, too um, worth noting there. I think within turn de Civilla, given a good shout from the Chapman runners, obviously lining up uh, coming up this weekend, and of course Pleasant Man on race for Paul Nichols. Um, Paddy, I'll come to you. We've seen some of the best um, ones. Uh, so far, likes of Fildor, which uh, Simon mentioned, uh, quite rightly favourite probably on what we've seen. I don't think there's too much to argue, but it is about what's coming behind. Any whispers? Well, I suppose there's a big difference in price between, just to talk about some of the others, I mean, there's a big difference in price between Milton Harris's horse, Night Salute, yep. to say that he's the only one to beat Porticello of Gary Moore's so far. Yeah. For me, Porticello, he's a brute of a horse. Um, yeah, I like him. I like you him. know, he's a proper man. Um, and I really did like the way he hit the line at Chepstow the last day. But to say that he is 8-1 to one and Milton's horse is round about 12s, you might get a little bit bigger here and there. But he's got four runs now, Night Salute. He's plenty of experience. And I think Milton Harris, not that he's coming in under the radar, because Milton has always been a very, very capable trainer, but I think he's done so well to get himself momentum-wise with some better horses on his hands since he's he's got his license back again. Milton Harris, I think he's a very, very yeah. shrewd operator. And, you know, I think he's going to pitch this chap in here. And he more than deserves his place. So he represents 
great value simply because he's had a run at the track and he's got plenty of experience in the bag already. Yeah, he's not open to as much potential maybe as some of his rivals, but maybe on the day experience might be hard to beat. So I think he probably for me offers a little bit of value simply because I really rate the Gary Moore horse and this fella's the only one to beat him. That's correct. Absolutely right. Night salute. Definitely in the conversation here. 12 to 1 currently with our sponsors, Fans Bet. Pleasant man that Simon mentioned. 28 to 1 with Fans Bet at the moment. And in turn, Sivola. The Sivola is there. 18. Stermo, over to you for the triumph. Yeah, Dean, this is actually a, like, a really interesting betting heat, as always. But this weekend ahead of us, we learn an awful lot about this field. I mean, like I thought ICO was absolutely brilliant at Christmas. And I was very close to backing this horse further triumph i just thought kind of was running away on briny and to keep going the way that this horse did was just really impressive but in my opinion the, the biggest threat to field door up front is that um that run between vauban and pied piper um and mm. i thought gordon elliott after that race when like vauban was smashed off the boards and um pied piper wasn't all that strong now pied piper's obviously bred bred by the queen it has some decent form on the flat and this horse literally Gordon Ellis said afterwards hadn't been away. They hadn't done all that much work with him. And he was very surprised the horse was able to win. It, for me, that's that's a great, that's a, obviously a brilliant sign of a horse. And Gordon's bringing him over to Cheltenham on Saturday to take on ICO. So that's obviously like that's a rare chance before a triumph hurdle to to check the form between Ireland and the UK. Uh, if ICO wins that, that really throws a, a spanner into the works and shows that the the English juveniles aren't that far behind. And then in Ireland. Uh, next weekend you've got Vauban against uh, Fieldor then because obviously Pied Piper barring a mishap won't be rocking up there so you've got the top four in the market pretty much sparring out of each other obviously with uh, Porticello intercepted or, or sorry accepted so it's mm-hmm. it's a big weekend my my take and what I've done already is I've backed Pied Piper I just think that performance was huge uh, going into that race. Now, I know they're all talk about field door, but last season, the Gordon Elliott camp was also all talk about Zanny here and Quilixios did the job. It was only Keith Dunhu on his bookmakers.co.uk article that kept saying that there wasn't much between them. I don't, I think this Pied Piper is very good, um, a very good juvenile. And I think a 12 to 1 with, uh, with fans bet, Dean, he's the way I'm looking at the market. Yep, 12 to 1 currently with fans bet is Pied Piper. We're going to see the likes of Icare Allen as well, probably in the spring juvenile at the Dublin Racing Festival, amongst others. So uh, lots of things to uh, to take consideration in there and still to take shape. It is break time here on the Race Hour podcast now. Um, when we do come back from the break, we'll be looking at Cheltenham and Doncaster this weekend, going through our naps, of course. Uh, don't forget to get involved with the Fans Bet tipping game. I'll tell you all about it after this break. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-up offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. It's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan. 
Uh, Simon Holden Fryboy, of course, and Paddy Aspel here to take you through Cheltenham and Doncaster this weekend. Uh, don't forget to get involved with the Fans Bet Tipping Competition UK, of course. Uh, you have to find the winner of the Cotswold Chase, the Cleve Hurdle, and the Sky Bet Chase. If you do that, there is £250 up for grabs, and it will be won. So if you come close, you can still uh, win that. Also, check out um, Demo on the race hour this Sunday for a load of free bet giveaways from uh, Fans Bet. And of course, the exclusive offer on bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, bet 10 get 30 is there for you just go on the website and uh, and check it out right let's get stuck in the 155 at cheltenham is the first race up for discussion uh, this week and um i'll make this really simple for everyone uh, galahad quest is finally going to come come of age and then be a very short cries for the old team at handicap at the cheltenham festival don't need to opine why uh, this is a serious animal that uh, is surely surely Dermot nolan this is uh, the week where it all comes good it has to, Dean, if he wants to be running in the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, 132 won't won't get him into anything, so it, it just has to be the weekend. Um, he's a very talented horse, Dean. Like I messaged you after the last run and said I can see your ultimate angle now on this horse. Um, I just thought like he's just a big engine. You'd still have that same old fear about him, Dean, where he seems to just, over this course and distance, he just seems to get himself caught a small bit, you know, just, just speed-wise. But yep. I don't see anything that... Is gonna get him too far out of that comfort zone. Cool Cody's excellent. He'll he'll run his race. He's just probably handicapped out of things at the moment. But the way they're all gonna keep going, Dean. Yeah, look, it's very rare, Dean, that we uh, we agree on anything at all in life. So we'll uh, we'll enjoy this uh, this rare occasion. Yeah, join the train. Join the train. Dermot <laughs> Nolan is is getting aboard. Uh, Paddy Aspel finally Galahad Quest. Well, I mean, he he has won at the track. His form figures, I think. Sometimes you've got to take on trust that he's in very, very good hands and they're always thinking a little bit further down the line. So I'd be in agreement with you there, Dino. But I think this is quite competitive. I mean, although he's seven-year-old and he's a big price, I'm with another Milton Harris horse here in Jackamar simply because he's got plenty of form of this trip, but he's only had the four starts over fences, Jackamar. He's very, very likable. And maybe long-term, he isn't, probably the best horse in the race here but i think off one three three this is going to be a well-run race with the likes of cool cody and there was something else in there i'm pretty sure that goes a million um torn afraid he likes to go forward as well he's just got 10 10 on his back jack amar's got 10 12 lovely race and weight and although there's not many younger legs in here galahad quest is the only one being a six-year-old I think mm. the fact that he's only had the four starts over fences could be very, very interesting. And at least he rocks up here in pretty good order. And another German bred horse, another route that Milton goes down very, very often. I'll go with Jackamar here, just his fifth start over fences off one three three. Yeah, Paddy Brennan jocked up for Milton Harris on Jackamar. All that pace is going to play into the hands of the the young kid on the block, though. And you know, I I'd make no apology, uh, Simon, um, about talking about Galahad Quest. You, you don't. I've I have bet him a few times. I've now done for him. <laughs> um, oh, I've, yeah, I'm jump. I'm jumping off the train. I look. I I agree with what Paddy said. This seems quite a lot of pace in the race. Um, yep. The problem with that is very often in these races, when everybody says there's load of pace in the race, everything takes a pull. I just 
looking at the prices, I can't understand why Cool Cody is the price he is. He's turned up at the big big handicaps this year. He's consistently ar- underestimated. Isn't yeah, he? absolutely. And ar- yeah. arguably, he could have won two of the biggest handicaps at Cheltenham so far this year if he hadn't have come down late on um, a few runs back. I forgive him yeah. his last run because he's never been the, the same horse in soft ground. On that run, he certainly wouldn't be winning. You just on decent ground, and you'd imagine it will be fairly quick. If he bounces out and is let loose on the front, I think his jumping could put a lot of these in trouble early, and he he may get get to dictate. I'm interested in Magic Saint, but the horse never seems the same over two mile of two mile five than he is over two miles. If it was a two mile race, I think Magic Saint's really interesting because he's dropped down to a decent handicap mark. I think yep. at the prices purely alone, I think Cool Cody. Okay, cool, Cody. For Simon, then that's currently eight to one with fans. But they go hundred to thirty favorite Magic Saint, Farinet and Galad Quest both at nine to two, and it is seven to one. What more? Eight to one, cool, Cody. Nine to one is Jackamar's Jackama, um for Paddy Aspor. Um, but you know, just row in with me and Demo here. I, we won't let you down again. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, let's move on to the two thirty at Cheltenham. Of course, the Cotswold Chase, one of those races in the fans bet competition this week. Um, this is Chantry House's turn, perhaps to uh, officially enter the Gold Cup picture, Demo Nolan, after what was uh, you know an unexpected blip when backed off the boards to to do the business in the King George. Uh, this looks like the right race, and then it's on to the Gold Cup. Yeah, and Nicky's used this 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 race with the likes of um of Santini before to kind of get them back on track. So it does make sense. Um the King George, you'd really I'm I'm readily forgiving Nelindo. So as David Weldon pointed out on that podcast, we we should be forgiving Chantry House as well, who it just all happened just that little bit too quick for and he was far from alone in that. That would maybe concern you a little bit for the first lap in the Gold Cup because they do go a million. Um, and you know it wasn't the the jumping that cost Melindo that day, but it definitely cost Chantry House. His, his jumping rather fell apart. But this race is nice enough. Like I'm, I, I kind of simply the bets is a good horse, but he's a handicapper. And then like I write again, a handicapper, good horse. Don't get me wrong, very good horse. But like I just can't get over the like like that for the first time in a long time. Evans is looking very kind of nearly irresistible to me. Like I love Santini, but you know he he's an awful lot to to do here. I'd love to see him run a big race. I love this horse. Uh, he should have won that Gold Cup, uh, but uh, we'll we'll let that go. So yeah, Dean, look, Chantry House for me is the best horse in this race. He, he needs to recover from what what was a poor outing at uh, at Kempton, but yeah, he should be winning this thing. Yep, uh, I agree with you, Paddy. I will ask you about this. They're putting the pieces on this time after that run in the King George. Um, that's one notable thing they're going to do. This is obviously the right race to go for next. Um, you draw a line through the King George and, and, and think Chantry House will get it done in the Cotswold Chase? Well, I mean, you'd have to be pretty forgiving because it was a shocker, wasn't it? Um, yep. You know, his technique on the day was horrendous. It was like he'd never seen a fence. Um, but you've got to say Nicky String are in much better nick now than what they were then. Um, Winners-wise, he was just struggling to get winners in the back of the net they weren't running desperately bad but not many of them are winning um you know that was about a month ago so they're definitely in a better place now i mean i know dermo absolutely loves santini and always has done and you know what he didn't actually run too bad on his debut for Polly Gundry because you know they were pretty tough on him um you know and he, he was entitled to get tired and he got right in under the last when he looked like he was going to run well. And from the back of the last, he just the, the engine completely stalled. Um, it'd be interesting maybe to see 
Nick Schofield gets the leg up here for the first time on Saturday. I mean, there's going to be no hiding place because you've got Harry Graham's horse, I right, and he just never knows when to lie down on the front end here. Mm. So although we do only have the five runners, there will be no hiding place. Cota Rico is a horse who's he's promised and he's never delivered. He's 11-year-old now, Cota Rico. Um, he's just a little bit inconsistent, to be honest. Um, I'm going to be a sucker here and jump on the, the, the Santini train, hoping that he will improve for that debut effort for the stable because although he was beaten 40 lengths, I didn't actually think he ran that badly considering the way the race was run. So I'll take Santini, but we do know he's got a bit of a soft underbelly, isn't he? We do. We do know that. Um, and he gets he gets four pounds from Chantry House here. Simon, is there a form angle into taking on the favourite? <laughs> I, I agree with, um, with what Paddy said. With You've got to be forgiving. It's, you're not talking about a you know, a decent price on Chantry House. He is fairly short, I, albeit that he's he's got decent uh, decent form. I think you're harsh on simply the bets, Dermo. Being a handicapper, I um, yeah, well, it's the top end. <laughs> he's you, if you if you cash cash your mind back, this is a horse that beat Imperial Aura, giving it a I think four pound at Cheltenham. Imperial Aura then came out of the festival, gave Galvin weight, and won at the festival. I think. Nichols has obviously recently got him. It, it's whether he stays, and that's the, that's the issue. They always said he probably wants more than two and a half miles. He's only tried it the once. It was bottomless ground, and he didn't come home in the, in the soft ground. That would be the concern, but I'd rather bet a horse at the price he is with the trip concerns than maybe taking a shorter price on Chantry House to bounce back from, from his previous run. Purely on handicap ratings... Chantry House is one pound worse off than he would be in a handicap with simply the bets. So mm-hmm. the price disparity between the two, I, I just think there's, there's potential improvement there. And he simply loves Cheltenham. He's a different horse around mm-hmm. Cheltenham to any other course. Yep. Okay. Expect a big run then. Chantry House is currently five to four on with fans, but simply the bets hundred to thirty, seven to two. I write. Santini's there at eight, and it's sixty-six to one for Corto rico okay why don't we move on then to the next race here which is the 245 at doncaster's now but bartlett um event here the grade two affair i have to be honest and say i had no view on this race at all so i'm going to throw it to simon to make some sense of this contest agree it's a it's a no betting contest i the one angle i looked at was i loved my bobby dazzler's run at aintree two runs ago in what looked a competitive handicap you don't normally see big handicaps or big field handicaps one by 21 lengths. And you just, I just think all his best form seems to have been round um, flat tracks. And you just think he, he performed well around Aintree. He's the highest rated horse in the race on the handicap. I really rate the trainer. I think Mel Rowley and Phil Rowley's a proper stable that have proper horses. And it, it was more by default, just the fact he'll love the ground. He goes on, on decent ground. He'll hit a flat spot in his race, but just by being on a, on a more park track, he can then regather his momentum and get back like he did at Aintree where he ran a, a quite similar race in a decent race at Cheltenham and he, he just never get balanced. And he was seen flying home, but obviously too late. They're proper stable. The Rollies are a real, real decent yard. What I will say is, You've got to look at the Ben Paulin horse simply because his record in the race. He's had, I think, four runners in recent times in this contest and won with three of them. So the fact that he's mm. taken not at present 
uh, in the, the race, you'd, you'd have to have a second look. But purely on form, I, I like my Bobby Dazzler. My Bobby Dazzler then is where Simon has ended up for that 2.45 at Doncaster. Demo, over to you. Uh, yeah, I'm actually happy to, to follow in the Irish form here. Uh, I thought John McConnell, he's actually had some brilliant um, rating parties over the last few years. The likes of Mate Good running at, uh, at Sheldon Open Meeting last year and everything else. So he's uh, he's done very well with his rating parties. This horse was absolutely excellent at Sedgefield last time. Destroyed them and um, has is only going to improve as this horse goes up and trip. Bumped into a, a Robert Tyner horse over Christmas at um, at at Limerick, but again, ran an absolute blinder that day as well, when looking like going up and trip was going to solve all his horse's issues. As this horse went further and further under James Bone last time, it just got better and better. And whilst, yes, the likes of My Bobby Dazzler has got some some very decent form there, I think the likes of uh, this horse here is avoiding the Irish racing because particularly the three-mile uh, novice hurdler, hurdling division of late over the last few years, the Irish are well clear. Um, and that's just because the point-to-point horses tend to be staying in Ireland now. Um, so mm-hmm. that just means that the the division is very strong. So I'm not surprised to see John McConnell avoiding the the better racing here in Ireland and going for a race like this. And I think he he could be too good here, Dean. Marlon Mission then. James Bowen is booked to ride that for John McConnell. Paddy, over to you. Yeah, Marlon Mission for me as well here, lads. I've seen that Sedgefield race. And to be honest, if you look back, um, he's a big, huge, raw thing. Um, I mean, ran him only one point to point. And they ran him around Ballon Robe and he literally, he, he nearly ran off the track turning in, gave his race up altogether and he was only beaten a length. Um, and then they ran him in knee-deep ground at Limerick where he, he still ran well again. But the other day there was no messing about at Sedgefield. Maybe wasn't the strongest of races, but he did boss it, won it very nicely. And I think this galloping track really suit him with Donny. They've tied his tongue down as well on Saturday, but this is a really, really good race that Chris Gordon's horse down the bottom is no bat number either, unanswered prayers, but yeah, I'm going to roll in with Dermo here, Mahler Mission. Okay, two shouts for Mahler Mission there, of course, and Simon Stickle with my Bobby Dazzler. Uh, Paddy, I'll stay with you because we come to the Cleve Hurdle, uh, one of those races, of course, in the fans bet competition. Uh, Champ is going to go off pretty short here, uh, whatever happens in the market. Uh, McFabulous is trying to turn into a, a true stayers hurdle contender. Paisley Park obviously is one, but hasn't been hitting his straps. Uh, Liz Nagaros obviously is one, but hasn't hit his straps for ages. And uh, Dandy Mag's also in there for Paddy Brennan and Fergal O'Brien, but I'm not really sure uh, what they're trying to do. Pick up a bit of prize money there, you would imagine, if the other four uh, run their races. It's over to you. Yeah, I think, look, like you say, McFabulous, still early days for him at this trip, isn't it? And that was certainly a good, solid effort after Nichols did his wind. Um, so at least he arrives off the back of a good effort here still as i say early days at this sort of trip but you couldn't help but be really convinced by what we've seen of 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 champ over hurdles last time he looked as good as ever really considering his years 10 year old now champ um but the thing about him is it's the course record you know is quite quite good trip it's very hard to pick holes in him and it's a little bit Tape my fabulous out of the race here, and it's just same old Lisnagar Oscar. He's very difficult to predict nowadays. Dandy Mag is rated 143, and Paisley Park just seems to be running the same race. He, he lets the, 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 the vital end of the race get away from him, and then he stays on and picks up the pieces. So, yeah, for me, um, very difficult to see Champ get beat here, but I think the younger legs, McFabulous, should give him a little bit more of a race than what he had the last time. Yep. 
Yeah, it's very possible. And Paul Nichols would have been uh, relatively positive about their chances here. Obviously, got to turn them into something, Simon. I, I think. I think it's straightforward. I think Champ wins. <laughs> it's, I, I mentioned on the on the last time I was here, I'm kicking myself that I didn't tip him up. He's just his, his record first time out. He's always buzzy, probably too buzzy. And he always improves tons for that first run. He wouldn't need to improve on that first run and he'd, he'd still win this convincingly. I think I think he'll win this convincingly and then he'll, he'll make himself certainly... Harden at the top of the market for the for the stayers. He's he's a horse. A lot of people crab him with good reason over fences. But he's won six of eight hurdles, and one of those defeats was in the in the Ballymore where he was second. And I think the only other horse that's beaten him in a hurdle race was Vindication as a, a novice. He's yeah. got top class hurdle form. He just has that brainwave when he goes to goes chasing. I think he he'll prove himself a, a lot better than this lot. Okay. Uh, current uh, stayers hurdle prices from fans bet been updated, of course, after Classical Dream tasted defeat at Gorham Park today. And Champ is 5 to 2 favourite. Florian Porter 7 to 2, 5 to 1 Classical Dream 11 to 2. The winner of the stayers hurdle 2022 is Time Hill and 8 to 1 for Royal Kahala. Um, Demo, over to you. Uh, yeah, look, uh, very, very simple. I, everything that uh, Simon said, I completely agree with. Uh, so Champ wins this and then he goes on and he wins the, um, the stayers hurdle to give John Joe Neal Jr. his biggest win so far as a jockey. Yeah, and I wouldn't begrudge them that at all. Um, why not? Uh, but it's it's wholly unlikely. Demo, you're up first on the 320 uh, Doncaster. It is, of course, the Sky Bet Chase, the third leg of the tipping competition this week with our sponsors, Fans Bet. Um, pick the bones out of this because this is tricky. Captain North um, is likely to head the market alongside Foozle Raffles, a cap course. Uh, chase there. Midnight Shadows obviously had a day in the sun already this season. Um, this is a good race. This is an absolutely quality race. Um, even I was looking at one of our old friends, Janique, as well, down down there with the seven-pound mm. claimer on Ben Bromley. You'd, you'd nearly be kind of half-tented by him as well because he, he showed a bit more last time. But uh, this, whilst the top of the market's very interesting, Fusil Raffle still has that issue that, that, that you've pointed out a few times, Dean, and that he, he, may be, um, he maybe can be soft when there's a battle on. Um, yep. And Captain Nord, for me, hasn't done enough when he's been fancied a few times. So... I'm going to be a bit forgiven here and I think uh, Kerry Lee is excellent in these sorts of races and was this horse was was very disappointing last time when he fell at the first um since that breeding operation he's only ran three times they kind of ha- have targeted him and whilst he was well beaten in the um in the Ladbrokes Gold Cup that 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 wasn't his running I don't believe I, I just think that can happen sometimes in that race especially when you come in without a, the the record for horses going into the that race without a warm up is terrible, just terrible. They all they all seem to flatten out. So I can forgive him that. And then next time he he go down to first. I think the the machine is a lot better than this rating. Um, as you know, Lee or Dean, you know her well, Carrie Lee. She's a brilliant trainer. Sure. And yeah. um, I think the machine around eleven to one. I, I just think he has the right genetic makeup to win a race like this, and uh, I quite like him for it. Yeah, I quite like the machine as well for Kerry Lee and Kevin Brogan will take off three pounds. That's why I've been leaning. He made a decent enough case. I think there's loads of upside in there off 140. Simon, over to you on the Skybet chase. I think I would not be surprised if there's a massive gamble over the next 24, 48 hours on the Skelton horse. I've, I know Tim Vaughan always loved DBC. He's a half-brother to old Don Poley. So he's got his quirks. He's a lot better horse. Again, like my Bobby Dazzler around flat tracks. Uh if you go back to, to some of his form, 
he potentially should have won on his debut for Skelton's last year when Harry made a lot of use of him at Sandown. Fortescue, the winners, was rated was running off 128, now 143. DBC was was obviously second. The third in his free lad has gone up 10 pounds, has won a lot of races since. Like I said, Tim Vaughan always thought the absolute word of him. He was third in the Sefton. I think 10 stone six. It's his first run for a long time, but due to his fragility, I'm sure the Skeltons would have had him absolutely primed for this and just just because of the weight. And he travels into into the races so well normally. I think he's had a wind up DBC for me. Yeah, I think I did him a disservice by calling him Debiche, but I'm just trying to make him sound sexier than he is. DBC is uh, Dan Skelton and Harry Skelton. And uh, anyway, 11 years old, but like um, Simon said there, maybe coming in fresh and to go for this part is exactly what Connections have been uh, considering to get done. And they're going there. Paddy, over to you. Yeah, I was surprised to see Captain Ord uh, short as he was, to be honest. I mean, I do like the horse, but he's just been a good while in between drinks for Captain Ord. Now, the handicapper, yep. he has released his grip on him, but he's released his grip on him for good reason, um, Captain Ord. But so I, th- I thought he was certainly short enough. Um, interesting, Kerry Lee, she's firing a couple of darts at the board here, isn't she? And I mean, that race, Storm Control, I mean, got the same rider on board here today when he won at Newbury 10 days ago. Now, I mean, the gallop they went, he had no business really staying on the front end and winning um, like he did. It was a hellish good performance. And I just think the £10 has given this nine-year-old a little bit of a chance. Obviously, okay. he's got the £5 penalty here to carry. But if that race hasn't left its mark on him, he just looked somewhat revitalised. And how, how Kerry Lee has done it, I don't know. I've just gone in with Demachine a little bit too often. I think Kevin Brogan is an excellent booking. But for me... I don't know, like the other day he went down to the first like he'd never seen a fence and, and poor old um, Richard Patrick came off. So there's still definitely potential there, but he's in against some proper, proper seasoned handicappers here. And I was going to take a chance on Kerry's other horse here at a bit of a price. Um, I just think that £10 is massive for this lad at the minute. And he was unbelievably gutsy at Newbury as long as it hasn't left its mark on him because it was just 10 days ago. Yep, okay. Well, that will negate the £5 penalty, of course, for that win at Newbury uh, just those 10 days ago. And that's storm control in the sky bet. Chase, I was going to throw Windsor Avenue into the mix, but I mean, people get very tired of me consistently mentioning the same horses running poorly. But uh, I'm not going to stop. And I think Windsor Avenue will also go. <laughs> we can outrun those prices. Uh, D-Machine for me, though, alongside Dermot Nolan. Uh, okay, Paddy, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, one of the most taken performances I've seen from a novice herder this season, uh, albeit with the eye on the future, was Hillcrest. And Hillcrest will run in the Ballymore Novice Hurdle Trial at Cheltenham at 3.40. Yeah, no, very, very taken, wasn't it? And I mean, I don't think he's hidden any secret at all the trainer of the sort of regard that he holds him in. And um, there's no doubt this son of Stowaway has got a real future. This is a very, very deep race. I say we've only got the six of them, Dino. I'm mad about Donald McCain's horse, a different kind. Yeah. A different kind, should I say. I know he's only been sort of, I won't say Mickey Mouse, but he's been winning at the smaller tracks, but he's been absolutely smashing the opposition to bits. And I mean, Brian Hughes got a real, real bad fall at Catrick in the race prior to winning on this fella the last day but he got himself up off the floor because he wasn't going to miss this fella and then he actually mm. stood himself down for the rest of the day so he wanted 
to ride this horse and i'm a big fan of the sire a different kind this is by far his biggest biggest test to date but he's only a five-year-old and i think he's open to any amount of potential he arrives here with a fair bit of experience in his locker now as well so i'm going to take a different kind here because we're definitely going to find out on saturday how good he actually is yep brian hughes donald mccain with a different kind uh, this is a fascinating contest simon yeah i i like uh trainers for, for certain races obviously i think i really respect hillcrest my biggest concern with him he's a big powerful horse and lots it's been made about his, absolutely yeah and like I mentioned with the ground, you'd imagine it's fairly quick ground, two miles four on quick ground. It was quite soft when he won last time. I'm a bit surprised they didn't go for the three-mile race, which he was entered in at Doncaster. Mm-hmm. Um, that would slightly concern me. I think going forward, he'll be the best in the race. For the here and now, I think North Lodge is overpriced. If you if That was no mean performance. He's only ran once, one at Aintree, but he beat Richmond Lake. Richmond Lake had obviously gone into the race having won a race. The fourth Bally Breeze had gone in as shown decent form. Richmond Lake then chased up John Bon, and yet North Lodge is a decent price for this race. Alan King's had five runners in the in the race, won three, and had another one placed. The fact that he's taken him here after just the one run, um I just I just think he's half brother to Winter Escape, who mm. showed really useful form as a as a novice on decent ground. The race at Aintree was on soft. He could well improve for the for the decent ground if he takes after winter escape. And I just think he's overpriced. Yep, 11-2 currently with fans bet is North Lodge. Uh, they actually have Falco Coastal as your 6-4 favourite with Hillcrest at 13-8. 11-2, as I said, North Lodge. <clears throat> and bigger the rest. Dermot Nolan, wrap us up with the last race we're talking about this weekend. Uh, yeah, Dean, I absolutely love Hillcrest. He's no right at all to be doing what he's been doing so far over hurdles for the just the absolute mm, size. Feels of him. that way. Um, yep. So for me, yeah, like I'd be happy to to row in behind him here. It's a race that's just really interesting because the UK novices this year don't look particularly bad either. So it's uh, this is another race now where we'll kind of find out a bit more as to what's coming down the hill as far as the Ballymore and possibly further goes. So um, really good race. Balco Coastal looks like the one to beat, but Hillcrest has answered every question he's had so far he's maybe a bit too big for hurdling but he, he's again he's answered it every single time he's had to deal with it so i'm um i've been very impressed with him and i'm happy to to row in behind him once again yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing him run again this weekend albeit that this is perhaps too short a trip and it is hurdles and the ground will be a bit quick and he is quite a short price but um i'd love him to come through and keep winning because the sky is the absolute limit as it is with some of the other ones uh, in this race we're going to find out a lot about them pecking order to be um well mixed up after the 340 at cheltenham okay it's time for anything else around the cards uh demo you normally have something do you have something else for this weekend it is a absolutely brilliant weekend of racing, Dean. You've got, um, we'll find out on Sunday uh, which of the Irish will be going for the three-mile sixer. You've got Vanillia, you've got Statler in there and horses like that. So that'll be interesting to find out exactly who's going there because obviously uh, the uh, the fa- Pat's Fancy will have to face some horse there. Um, mm-hmm. The Limestone Lad hurdle, this obviously was uh, famous enough because of Espor Dallin took this in before going on to win the uh, champion hurdle. That's there. Famously t- I Dermot Nolan on a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised to see uh, Espor Dallin come out of that race this year. And then at Ferry House on Saturday, the main one is the Solarina novices uh, 
hurdle, which is always a really good gauge towards the mayor's novice. And um, obviously, the likes of Honeysuckle have won this in the past. So you've got some brilliant mayors there. Allegari Devasi um, is taking on Brandy Love. Paul Townend seems to have picked pick Brandy Love, which is a will be a surprise to a few because Allegori Devasi obviously uh, is the favourite at the moment for the mayor's novice. So um, mm-hmm. that market could be absolutely blown asunder uh, come come Saturday. So we've got some absolutely brilliant racing, there, Dean, all weekend. Um, but they're the, the kind of main treat we're watching out for. And, and that was your news update from Dermot Nolan on, <laughs> on race hour. Thank you very much. Uh, th- that's super. All right. Well, look, we'll get stuck into naps. You can mention anything else as we, uh, as we go through this. Paddy, I'm going to come to you first for your weekend nap. And maybe you have something else uh, around the cards. But if you don't, give us the nap. No, just nap for me, Dino, was... Yep. I mean, for a yard, winners-wise, they've not been firing, firing them in as, you know, with the regularity you would see this time of the year, is Nigel Twiston Davis. I'm not saying they're running badly because trainers, if I was a trainer, I'd hate someone to say my horse is running badly. Winners-wise, they're just not rolling in as many as they normally would. But a cracking little horse of theirs won 10 days ago um, at Newbury called Go A Lil. He's a real, real likable little horse. And I think when horses go in when a yard are just struggling for winners, I think it says something maybe about how good and how honest they are. And he got the job done at Newbury just 10 days ago. He's a cracking little jumper. He's only six years old. Still early days for this boy. And although he's pitched into a more competitive race of one, two, four, I think he's still very, very nicely weighted. 10 stone six, he's getting two pound plus from the whole field here. And like I mentioned, when horses are winning, when yards are maybe just struggling winners wise, I think maybe that says something about how much ability they have. So go a little in the 20 past one at Cheltenham. Yep. Okay. The 120 at Cheltenham. Go a little for the Twist and Davis camp is Paddy Aspel's nap this weekend. Simon, over to you. I'd like to mention one other horse that I'm really interested in looking at is Hidden Beauty in the 415 at Cheltenham who yep. unfortunately I tipped up in the week and when the meeting was abandoned. But the ride that her young lad gave her at Foss Lass, everybody must have been screaming at the telly, you've given this too much to do, made up an almighty amount of ground to win that race. And if you haven't seen it, the listeners, I urge you go and watch it because it was it was really, really unbelievable. So I'm really interested to see her run at um, Cheltenham in the, in the bumper there. The nap, yep. I like a horse at Doncaster in the first race of David Pipes called Grange Clare Glory. Now, it was originally it had Irish point form. It did, doesn't seem to stay, or certainly this point, time of its career, doesn't seem to stay three miles. It ran in a three-mile Irish point where it looked all over the winner and, and then weakened because it didn't quite get home. The winner was Galley Hill, which is obviously a Nicky Henderson, 136-rated hurdler. Uh, Ballybeg, I think the second... I think it's Kerry Lee's 135-rated hurdler. Grange Clare Glory's gone to David Pipe. He showed decent form, but he's, he's come back this year and he's definitely taken it to another level. He won at Newton Abbott, beating a horse called Rabski. The third horse has come out and won in the week of the Tizards. The real impressive run was Ascot next time out when he was narrowly beaten by Lossy Mouth, who obviously franked that form later on in the season. Nashville Nipper was third. That's come out and won. He disappointed at Aintree when stepped up to three miles. But as I said, I don't think he, he truly gets three miles. And the real eye-catching one was last time out at Taunton. He finished third behind JPR1, who's nice, very, very useful horse, rated in the 130s. 
it wasn't too far behind. I think he was less than 10 lengths behind. He's been given a rating of 117. Fergus Gillard takes off another £3, which is always a massive plus because I really rate the jockey. I think Grange Clare Glory could be extremely well in off 117. Love that. Grange Clare Glory in the opener at Doncaster for uh, Fryboy. And Demo, it is over to you for the nap, please. Yeah, I really struggle for a nap because I, I really want... Um... Really want your lad, but I'm gonna leave that to you. Uh, Maller Mission in the 245 at Doncaster on uh, on Saturday. Okay, Maller Mission, uh, John McConnell Raider, of course, um, for Derma. Then and my nap goes without saying is uh, is Galahad Quest. Now, if you want one that comes backed with a load of form, go for one of uh, <laughs> of, of Paddy's or Simon or Derma's. But if you want one that comes with pure romance that uh, a horse is going to go and get it done this weekend and then head uh, on to glory at the Cheltenham Festival. It is Galahad Quest for me. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you this week with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. Those naps will go out on a Twitter poll to decide which one gets the charity bet put on with minus... Uh, well, we're naught from two, aren't we? So we need to improve. So to pick carefully. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Do get involved with uh, fans bet and, of course, their tipping game this weekend. The Cots will chase the Cleve Hurdle and the Sky Bet chase £250 up for grabs for UK listeners. And it will be one. And do check out the race out on Sunday night. My thanks go to Dermot Nolan, Simon Holden and Paddy Aspel. And uh, we'll leave you alone for now, but we'll be back next week. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.